let's face it, getting older sucks. Getting older in the age of social media is even worse. Do you hate it when people tell you to age gracefully? Do you want to know how to live your best life at any age? Well, so do we. First rule, don't call me ma'am. Now, here's Jody Miller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Don't Call Me Ma'am. I'm Jody Miller, and don't fucking call me ma'am. Um, today, I am so excited for my guest, and I know I say that every time, but today I mean it. Uh, I'm just kidding, past guests. Today, it's like for real. No, I've honestly, I've known this incredible woman for, I. it feels like, at least 12 years, 13 years. It's, it, it could be longer, 15 years. I'm not even sure. Been, but I've 15. been married to Greg for uh, 17 years this year. So it's been like- Oh my God, it's been like almost 20 years then. Yeah. Oh my God. I just instantly got so much older in my brain. Uh, okay, so I've known this person for almost two decades. Um, and I know what you're thinking, like Jody, but you're only 24. I know, we met as toddlers. Uh, she is unbelievably talented. She is a- actor. She is a comedian. She is a writer. She produces. She's a mom. Obviously, she talked about her husband bragging, so she's a wife. Put your hands together, and I know you're not driving anywhere, so you can totally do that. Put your hands together right now for the fabulous Kim Evie. Woo! Crowd goes wild. Everybody's going wild! Um, I cannot believe that it has been that long. First of all, I can't believe that you guys have been married 17 years because like nobody thought you guys would make it. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I know. Nobody thought we would make it past like two months and here we are at 17 years. So Wow. Um, no, you guys, honestly, you were one, like when you guys started dating, it was one of those things where it felt like, oh yeah, it wasn't like, you know, sometimes when people start dating and you're like, really? Um <laughs> Uh, it could be me because I've been single forever. Uh, but honestly though, I feel like you guys were like always together. It, I mean, like you were always meant to be together is what I meant. Not like always together. It just seemed like a very like, oh yeah, they're like, it just from, you know, my point of view, I don't know if that's how it felt for you, but. It, you know, it felt, I mean, it was funny cause we were friends at first and when right. we met, we were both dating other people. So then oh, I didn't know we, that. Yeah. 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 And then, so then we were friends and we, you know, we worked together at Acme for like, like, I don't know, I think six or seven months. And right. then we both broke up with our respective people. And then we sort of were like hanging out and then we were like, we shouldn't date because we're like performing together. And then we were like, ah, screw it. Let's just do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out. Where are your, uh, your exes? Do you know where they are now? Uh, uh, mine, uh, I think is, uh, moved back south mm. and then his I don't know where she moved but I don't know if mine has a family or anything but his is married with child and super happy oh, wow okay so yeah. then it worked out yours is definitely somewhere pining over you stalking your social oh, yeah, media totally yeah that's the story yeah, but, I'm telling but, everyone yeah yeah you should no his um you know we're they're friends on Facebook and she like you know likes pictures of Charlie and stuff like that. So, Oh my God. Yes. We're definitely talking about Charlie. We're going to be talking about lots of things, but since we're on the Acme train, you know, we've all gone off into so many different directions, but mm -hmm. like, think about it. Like all the people we came up with, you know what I mean? Um, and everybody's paths. Like, did you think this is where you would be like, you know, 15 years ago or 
you know, let's say 17 years ago when you and Greg got married or I mean, whatever, when you were in Acme, is this where you thought you would be right now? No, no, I had no, (laughs) (laughs) no, not now. I mean, I thought that I would be, I always thought that I would, uh, I just kind of assumed that I would be like, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have a kid. And and when Greg and I got married, I thought I was going to have a kid much earlier than I did. So the fact that I'm the age that I am now and I have a kid is kind of crazy. Um, and I had no idea, like, you know, with the whole advent of YouTube and like, you know, our careers just took a crazy turn in 2007, 2008 when all the new media stuff hit. So I could not have predicted that for the world. So that was, you were definitely on the forefront of that with the guild. Um, tell everyone that story because I think it's an amazing story. I'm going to say, (laughs) <laughs> that it's it's one of the most successful independently produced web series ever. ever. Just because I'm just going to say that independently yeah. produced because because I think it was because I think that we uh, probably you know made we made a good deal of money we made a lot of branding deals we, you know Felicia got it uh, to be in a lot of places she got an amazing career you know from it a lot of recognition so yeah but um. The story of the guild was that in 2006, I guess, 2007. So Felicia had taken uh, Felicia Day uh, for those of you who are like, who's Felicia? Felicia oh, Day, yeah, everyone. Felicia Day is an actress, and you may know her. If you don't know the guild, you may know her from uh, what's the Jared? Oh, uh, Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's Supernatural. in Supernatural. She's in a million things. She was. She's a, definitely one of those actresses, people, that you look at her and you're like, oh my God, of course I know her. She's in everything. She's in a lot of things. Yeah, and she's in yes. The Magicians on Netflix. Yes, she's yes. In, yeah, she's a redhead. She's very, yes. very talented, very funny. Very talented. Um, anyway, so, so uh, she had taken my class at Acme and I really, because I was teaching sketch comedy there and she was so talented already. And I was like, I want to be her friend. And then <laughs> so we sort of were like, you know, like distant friends, like she'd invite me to her housewarming or we'd do this. And then we right. never kind of meshed up. And then like a year later after class, we finally had coffee together. And I was like, so tell me about your life. And she was like, I'm embarrassed, but I'm, do you know what World of Warcraft is? And I was like, yeah. And it was before like everybody knew what World of right. Warcraft was. Um, she goes, well, I play that and I'm, I'm pretty addicted and I'm trying to break my addiction, but I'm seriously addicted. And I was like, oh, well, I do this thing with a bunch of other women where we meet once a week and we set goals and it's early in the morning. We do it on purpose at 8 a.m. so that we can never say, oh, I have an audition as an excuse. And it's just once a week and it's fun and you should do it. And she was like, okay. And so she did. And then um, I came once, by the way. I came to that once. Oh, that's right. Yes. I think we made like a vision board or we were definitely doing like setting intentions and make and cutting things out and putting things together. And it was definitely when like, you know, vision boards were like the hot thing where everyone's like, did you make a vision board today? And I was like, I made a vision board. So I think we were definitely uh, doing that. Which is hilarious because I hate vision boards. In fact, I stopped doing the artist's way because she was like, now you have to make a vision board. And I was like, fuck you. I'm Everyone not wants you to make a vision board. And I they'll know. call it something else too. They'll be like, your intention wall, your vision yeah. board, your <laughs> picture imagination manifester. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like whatever name they give it to you. Late. It's still, yeah. a vi- I have so much shit around my house. I don't even know what I've asked for. Like I just had random pictures just everywhere. I was like, well, here's my vision board over here. Yes, so that I did that, yes. Okay, so, so you guys, yes. So anyway, so she 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 wrote the guild as because uh, she was like, I have this idea based on what I on World of Warcraft, and so she brought it to us. She wrote it um, 
on, I think like New Year's Eve, she just like sat down, like she'd been thinking about it for a long time, but then right. she just sat down and she just wrote the script that was amazing. And she was like, here, I wrote this. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. It's not very good. And I don't know if I wish it And we were like, oh my God, this is so great. Let's shoot it. Cause I had already shot Gorgeous Tiny Chicken Machine Show. Yes. Which was a sketch that I did at Acme. So when we shot that, it was like, sit in one place, point the camera here, then point at that person, then point at that person, and then you're done. And then the Guild was like a full-on, like, single-camera comedy. So we were so naive. But we were like, well, they're all sitting at their computers. How hard could it be? But (laughs) it was definitely harder. But anyway, so we did that. And then it ended up getting picked up by Xbox, strangely enough, by Microsoft, because it was just Xbox needed content at the very, very beginning. And they were like, oh, this is about gamers because we had put it on YouTube and it was getting a lot of attention. And they were like, we make video games. We don't make content. Clearly, you know how to make content. So we'll just give you money to make the content and we'll vet it to make sure that it's appropriate. And um And it was hilarious because at one point, like the guy who brought us on left. And so there was like his job kind of got split into like a bunch of people's jobs. So at one point we were sending in, like, we're like, I don't think anybody's approving. Like who's in charge (laughs) of our show? Like it seemed like, I remember at one point we sent in an episode and somebody was like, oh my God, these are really funny. And we were like, has nobody even read the script yet? Like they were just like watching them as we were sending them in. That's hilarious. These are great guys. And we were like, this is awesome. (laughs) It is awesome because I can tell you, and I'm sure you can, you know, you can attest to this too, is like, uh, you get censored everything. It's like, don't use this word. Don't refer to this. Cut this scene out. This seems touchy. People will be offended. Don't you, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh my God, you know, it's, yeah. So you are really fortunate that, I mean, it just was like one of those like lightning strike, you know, lightning strike moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just hundred percent. Yeah. And I, right time, right place, right. You know what I mean? Like for everything, you know, you're doing comedy again. I am. And by the way, guys, Jody was my first comedy teacher. She taught me stand-up comedy. I remember, I mean, I remember a lot of your material, which we'll talk about because it leads into uh, adoption and all of that stuff. But I specifically remember it and really remembering, I mean, you're so talented anyway. You're so talented, you know, in, in so many areas, but you had a natural cadence on stage and just your life was, you know, very interesting. And I remember thinking like, People like this is, you know, because at that time, you know, I'm in my, you know, early 30s, you know, we're in our early 30s and we don't really know our voice yet. And you, you just had this very clear voice about, you know, your past, who you are now. And it was, it, I, that's, that's when it all clicked for me as a stand up as well. I was like, this is what people want to hear. This is what people relate to. You know what I mean? So uh, thank you for that. That's so interesting. Oh my God. I'm so, that's, that makes me so happy. The funny thing is that I, you know, I stopped doing stand up because I, uh, basically it boils down to, I was so insecure. And the, ex- the excuse that I used was, well, I'm not going to be a stand up. Like, I don't want to be a touring stand up. And there's only so much stand up you can do in LA. So, uh, la, 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 la. and I just kind of stopped. And, um, you know, no regrets really, because, you know, I did other stuff, but, um, and I don't think I could have, I think even if I had done it at that time and continued, like I wouldn't have been ready mentally if anything Mm -hmm. would have happened, you know? Right. Um, so I think now is a better time for me, even like in the zeitgeist of, of like the, uh, the culture now is a better time for me to be a stand up and talk about, you know, 
my story and stuff just because it's, I think it's more sort of timely. Well, you know, because now that I'm older too, like I don't, uh, you know, I did one uh, show in Vegas at the, um, at the Laugh Factory in Vegas. And I, uh, you know, I was just the, the MC for, and um, I did the whole week. It was really hard. My mom had just died like a month. Oh my God. Like that was dumb. But I, you know, and Harry was like, oh my God. When I told him, he was like, Kim, why didn't you tell me? And you know, and I honestly, I said in my mind, I thought like a guy wouldn't be like, oh, my mom died. I can't do it. I just felt like I better do it because now is my shot. But you know, hindsight, I should not have done it. I totally, I was, it was not a good time to do it, but, um, uh, anyway, but, you know, just, just talking to, um, the feature who, uh, his name, I will look up. (laughs) I'm so embarrassed that I cannot remember it right now. He's not listening. He doesn't even know. (laughs) I know, but, um, he was so nice is my point. And he was just like talking about how much, how long he had worked and how much touring he had to do. And I was just like, Oh, I still don't want to do that, but I want to do yeah. com. I don't, I want to do stand up, but I don't want to do it like that. And, um, I remember like years ago looking at, you know, Jerry Corman, is that his name? He's local. He's, he's a teacher here. Oh, Jerry, um, Katzman. Jerry, Jerry Katzman. Katzman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, anyways, he's, so he, talks about on, on one of his videos, like one of the ways that you can make money is just by having a clean set. If you have a clean hour, you can just like, you know, do performing around. So I was like, okay, that's my goal then is I just right. want to like get a clean hour and a clean show so that then I can, you know, I'll perform in front of little ladies at churches. Cause you know, none of the 20 somethings, you know, up and coming, they don't want to do that, but I'll do it. That's <laughs> so. hilarious. I mean, that's, here's the thing. The reality of it is, and I've told you know, many of my students that is like, you don't have to put all of that pressure on you. And that's, you know, for comics listening to this right now that are starting out and thinking about like, oh my God, how am I, you know, you can do it for whatever reason you want to do it. You can do it because it just makes you happy. You can literally do it because you eventually want to, you know, turn it into writing. You can do it with the hopes that one day, you know, you will get hired in your town to, you know, be an MC. Like it's, it's one of those things when you take the pressure off of, or even the goal, I mean, it's great to have goals. Don't get me wrong. It's hundred percent great to have goals, but like a lot of comics that, you know, started in my class were immediately like, well, I have to become a regular, you know, at this time I have to showcase for Montreal at this date. Like they have all of those goals. And while that's fine, that's a lot of pressure to put on you. When the comics that I worked with that were kind of like, I just really enjoy doing it. I really enjoy the writing of it. I really enjoy performing and I'll get up as much as I can. And I'm not going to put the pressure on it of like, I need to be this like world famous comic or I need to work the road. Those are the ones I feel like that had a better journey you know, overall, um, it's just, you know what I mean? I mean, you know how this industry is. It's like, it's, you can get, you know, so many breaks and it can still lead absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be doing it for the sake of enjoying doing it. Yes, absolutely. Um, Amir K that's his name. Amir K. Oh, Amir. Amir's the best. Yeah. Yeah. He is the best. He's really great. And you know, it is, it is funny because I also, Kim, I never really, I mean, I've definitely toured, you know, around the world. I've gone to Afghanistan. I've done a lot of like a lot of military tours. I've done, you know, a lot of like different cities, but I really compared to other comics did not because I didn't want to either. I was like, you know what? I just don't want to live out of a suitcase. Um, I don't want to sleep in shitty hotel rooms. I just, I didn't want, I would take specific club dates 
And I would really hone my craft in LA, which totally, you know, worked out to my benefit as far as like getting past at the clubs and, you know, eventually leading to writing jobs and, uh, and producing jobs, which again, yeah, like, talk, like thinking about like, if I, you know, like if I could have gone back, you know, like 17 years, you know, when we were at Acme, you know, if I told my younger self that this is what I'd be doing now, I don't, I don't know if I like, I'd be like, no, I want to be an actress on a television show. Like, like right. I think I had like that singular goal. Um, at that we time. all do. We all do when I we know. move here. Like everybody wants to be on TV or in a movie and you want to be accepting an award and you, yeah, that's what we all want, but yes, you know, but then life happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, and then you realize that that's so that that's also not what you think it is because yeah. even you know even if you get on a series like you don't know if your series is going to get renewed next year like it's it's never you're it's, never you're never safe I mean it is really yes yeah it is, unless you're Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise you know unless yes. you're that unless level. your name is Tom basically yeah yeah if you're Tom you're fine you're, but you're otherwise you're always wondering yeah so I. This is something I did not know about you until I saw it on social media, but you recently posted about getting sober. Yes. Please tell, I had no idea that was even an issue. Uh, I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) So weird, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was really weird, actually. I didn't either. I mean, I just, you know, when I was in college, like I... Um, you know, I smoked pot and I drank and I didn't do either one of them to an extreme or anything like that. And then, um, and then I, I started taking pills basically. And so right around, um, Ambien, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which are delightful and, you know, (laughs) um, but the weird thing about Ambien is that for some people, it just makes you go to sleep. And for other people, it just does do, doesn't do anything. And for me, for whatever reason, chemically, when I, the first time I ever took an Ambien, uh, my mom had some and she was like, oh, there's this new pill out and it just makes you go to sleep and it doesn't have any effect in the morning. And I was like, oh, well, let me try it because I sometimes have really early call times and that would be great if I could yes. take a sleeping pill and wake up. So she gave me two. I was like, give me one to try and then right. give me one in case I have an audition. So she gave it to me and she she goes, you, you should go to lay down because they work pretty quickly. So I was like, okay. So I took it, I'm typing at my computer. And then all of a sudden, all the letters on my computer just start squiggling around. Oh my God. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. And you know, cause I've done mushrooms and I've done acid. Yeah. So I was like, huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got up and I was just like, oh my God, like the feeling it was like, I don't know. It just felt like I was very floaty and very, and I was like, very euphoric. Amazing. Yeah. So then, uh, so the combination of that with alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was doing it and I wasn't doing it a ton, but I started doing it enough and obsessing about it enough that it became clearly it was a problem. And, right. um, so like I, at one point I, uh, when I was writing Gorgeous Tiny Chicken Machine Show, the second season of Gorgeous Tiny, I told Greg, and this was true, but I told him that I needed to go away to just write it and get it out of the way. So right. I went, you know, I checked into a hotel room, like in Woodland Hills, right. but I took with me, you know, like <laughs> cigarettes, Ambien and wine. So I would write and write and write and write and write during the day and I would get it all done. And then at night I would have my own little like private party in the room, right. which, you know, it's, that's just like not a normal way to drink and you, you know, right. like, 
it's just not. Yeah. <laughs> so, and to, and to be lying about it to your husband and, to, you know, so she had no idea. He had no idea. And then the, that kind of behavior went on where, you know, he would go to sleep and I'd be like, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to work. And then I would do the same thing in my office and, you know, like I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh my God, I don't remember sending that email or why is this roast beef out on the counter? Or, you oh know, my like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I finally, like I, I, and I wasn't even that bad, which is why it took me a while to realize that right. it was out of control. So, but I finally, actually, I had a blackout um, on our fourth wedding anniversary. Oh God. Which was, yeah. Um, you know, so that just made me realize that, oh, I was choosing because we, we'd gone out for a nice dinner right? and um, <laughs> I drank most of a bottle of wine because Greg's not a drinker. <laughs> and then when we came home, I was like, there's some ambient in the back office and I'm full of wine and I should probably not do this because it's our anniversary, but I'm going to go do it. And so I remember thinking like, should I take one or two? Cause one hasn't really been working. So I'll just take two. And that's the last thing I remember. Oh my God. And you know, but just the fact that it was our anniversary and I, ch- it was just very telling, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm, yeah. I'm choosing drugs and alcohol yeah. over yeah. my husband. And so, you know, the next day he was just like, thanks for last night. And I was like, I haven't last night, you know, and cause I, you know, and a lot of people, when I tell that they're just like, you had one blackout, <laughs> you know, <amateur. laughs> they're like, please. But you know, it was, it was not about the amount. It was just about, right. you know, the path I was taking and, you know, and also I was freaking miserable. I was miserable. Like I was like suicidally miserable, like oh my God. hated my life. And you know, there was nothing wrong with my life, but I was so miserable. So anyway, I, uh, so I got sober and then I did the guild and I did the whole, you know, the whole new media thing. And then when I quit in 2013, I had a very short relapse because I just went back to the whole, like, I'm alone and I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, yeah. So, but then I, but then I've been sober ever since then. So, yeah. So technically, yeah, I, I, got sober in 2008, but then I relapsed in 2013. So it's been seven more years now. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's very impressive because it's very difficult, especially, especially now, you know what I mean? To sort of not self-medicate. So I applaud you for that because like, it's, you know, it's so interesting. Like Ambien, you were talking about it, that I took it once. and it had the absolute opposite effect that it was supposed <laughs> to have. And I, I'll never take it again because I literally was like, um, I needed to sleep. I need, I was shooting something. I was in New York shooting and uh, a, like a, a sketch show in New mm-hmm. York um, for Netflix last uh, year and a half ago. And I took it because I had a very early call mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, this is great. I was like, all right. My friend was like, no, you should take one. You'll fall right asleep. And normally I would take a Xanax. And I didn't bring any Xanax because I just didn't even think. And I was like, okay. Right. And took the ambient, and I was awake the whole fucking night. Oh my god! The whole night, just staring, flipping, turning, tossing. I was like, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel drowsy. I didn't feel euphoria. I felt restless (laughs) and angry. And and angry. (laughs) I felt angry. And and I think I honestly do think 
did I have a glass of wine before? I, went? I don't even know if I did or not. All I know is, is that I was so irritated and I was like, well, that's not worth it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just never took it again. I also think yeah. just the horror stories of like people getting in their car and just driving on Ambien or doing things that, you know, blacking out, like you said, you don't yeah. just waking up, you know what I mean? I've only blacked out once in my whole life. Um, and that was from like exhaustion slash alcohol where I, I blacked out for like, yeah, three hours. That's it. But it was enough to scare the shit out of me where I was like, okay, well that's never going to happen again. So just the fear of that alone. I was like, I can't ambient scares the crap out of me, but I don't, you know, you're not alone with so many yeah. people take it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm sure take it the way you were taking it, you know? Oh yeah. My mom, it's funny because my mom, she, she would take it sometimes and it would affect her the same way. So one time she, she, I, uh, I was staying with them in Vegas and my dad like comes out and there's, they have a little casita attached and he knocks at the door at like two o'clock in the morning. And I was awake and I was like, dad. And he goes, um, can you come in here? Your mother. (laughs) And I go in and my mom's just sitting up and she looks at me and she goes, you look like you're made of sand. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, mom, what's happening? She's what like, a great you. commercial for Ambien. <laughs> just like just a woman <laughs> sitting up saying, you look like you're made of sand. Ambien. <laughs> Ask your doctor if Ambien is right for you. <laughs> And also find out if you are made of sand. Uh, um, when did you lose your mom? Uh, last September. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, she um, she had uh, she had Alzheimer's. So in a way, it was a blessing because right. it was you know it was like that race between like what's going to happen because you don't want somebody with Alzheimer's to just stick around. No. You know? Right. And she ended up actually falling and hitting her head, and so. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. Yeah, which was which was hard, but ultimately, like you know, a strange blessing. So, right, um, just because it ended, right. it ended everything. So, and she thought she was eighty five, you know, and she had like the weirdest, like like I call it good Alzheimer's, right. <laughs> because she was a very um, sort of tightly wound and worried, fearful person her whole right. life, and then like with once Alzheimer's kind of completely took over, it was like, because I think of the whole, like, you're just in the moment, you don't really remember stuff. It just changed her personality. And she just became very like open and sort of childlike and very loving and very, she was always loving. It was kind of loving household, but I don't know. It was just, she was just, there was not that, uh, like she always used to, pick at my dad a lot just like right. nah, 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 nah. and <laughs> so for the last like six years of their marriage you know they was they were very happy together it was very peaceful and my dad took really good care of her so that was kind of sweet you know that is really sweet you think about your mom like every single day I do and you'll think about her too like I kind of like talk to her because I just like yeah. have this weird like thing where there's just I, it's weird because there are times when she pops into my head and that like uh, weirdly, I'm like, oh, she's with me right now. Yeah. So I've just, I'm like, oh, you're here. Like, I'm thinking about you because you're here. So I'm just going to kind of shoot out some thoughts to you or talk to you, yeah. or, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah. And when you have your child, you'll, it's the same thing, you know, cause you're just like, oh, she's here. She's checking everything out, you right. know, making sure everything's good. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Was she, I want to, I'm going to tell you a very, very interesting story that I've actually never told. Well, I, it's only happened like a week and a, a week and a half ago. So, but I'm going to talk about it in a second. And you're going to be like really amazed and very excited about it. But was she <laughs> able to enjoy Charlie though, at least? She was. Okay. She good. was. Yeah. So she was around. So she died a year ago, uh, a year ago, September. Wait. But I mean, like with her Alzheimer's, I mean, she was still able though to like, you know, understand that Charlie was her grandson and she was still, you know what I mean? Yes. Or, she, okay, she good. just started, she just started get, getting kind of that far gone toward the end. So basically okay, she good. died, she died in September and then we went into quarantine in March. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so she missed the whole quarantine thing. Right. Um, so, so we stopped going to see her with Charlie a few months before Mm -hmm. because she, she was starting to get a little far gone and I thought it might be confusing to him right? because he was, he was verbal enough because, and at one point when he was still small, uh, uh, she woke up early in the morning and she was always fuzzy early in the morning and I was holding him and she came out and she went, Oh, whose baby is that? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, Oh. it's mine, mom. And she was like, Oh, and then one time she, you know, it was like, she, uh, she found out that I was her daughter. Oh, <laughs> like, and she was so thrilled. She was amazed. She was just like, Oh my God, did who know who else knows? And oh my God. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm glad that she was happy. Imagine if she was like, Ugh, no, I know you're not. I know. Like, I, know. Oh, what is, oh. like, I mean, that would have been, <laughs> I know. I was like, does any, do, do other people know? I was like, yeah, mom, everybody knows. She That's goes, oh my cool. God. Oh, well, oh, you know, she was so happy. And then she, she would do that with my dad too. Like he would find out she would, a lot of the time she would wake up like from naps and be really foggy. Right. And she right. She kind of wouldn't know who he was. And he would say very gently, you know, like, well, I guess I'm your old annoying husband. And she'd go, I'm married. Oh my God. <laughs> she would get really excited about it. That's hilarious. My God. I wish I could just wake up and there'd be a husband there. Uh, It's fine. You can just show up. If you, if you convince me, you know, long enough, I'll believe you. I'll just, you know what I mean? If you're, Oh, just wake up and there's my husband. Oh, okay. I'm married. Um, great. Yeah. Um, so there is, tell me the story. Okay. So there's a docuseries right now out on Netflix called surviving death. Have you watched it? No, that sounds too scary. Oh, no, no, no. It's not scary. Um, okay. Although there's a couple episodes that you might want to watch in the day. But uh, it's okay. about, they're all of the episodes, is like I think six, they're all sort of interconnected. And um, one is about near-death experiences. And then there are like some past life stuff. And then there's medium stuff and connecting with the dead. And, you know, where does our consciousness go? And a lot of scientists, a lot of like scientific, you know, research that's gone back, you know, to the 1800s, a lot of like really well-known, you know, people throughout history have, you know, been researching this. It is really, really, really interesting. And I'm definitely into it. It's right up my alley. That is so, totally up my alley. That's not what I thought. I thought, <laughs> I thought oh. it was like, like people who had been like kidnapped and almost. Oh, not- oh yeah. There are definitely shows like that, which is also up my alley. I watch all that shit, but just to remind myself, you know, that life can always get worse. Uh, right. That's why I watch all that shit. But I mean, <laughs> if it's bad, you can always be locked in a trunk. So be grateful right. for what you have. Right. But uh, no, 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 this is definitely, yeah. Near-death experiences and communicating with loved ones okay. that passed. So there's an episode about that with mediums and I've obviously, I've, you know, I've had two mediums on this podcast. I definitely, you know, 
go to them often or do virtual ones. Um, I've got a good one for you. Whenever anybody asks me, I'm like, I'm a single woman over 40 and I live in Los Angeles. Of course I've seen a psychic. Like, duh. <laughs> um, like I, have, I have a good psychic for you, by the way. Okay, I, good. We'll definitely, I do too. So we'll yeah. definitely okay. trade that. All right. Okay. So this is an amazing story for everyone. And then anyone who's lost a loved one is definitely going to do it afterwards. So uh, a little over a week ago, my cat was sick. He's fine, everyone. Um, but he was sick. And this was, I had a feeling that it was his teeth, but it had happened like on the weekend and I drove him to a, like a 24 hour animal hospital and they turned me away after, you know, they were like, it's a three to six hour wait. There was, there's something going on in Los Angeles with your animals. So if you're going to like a 24 hour, like emergency center, anyway, I was very distraught. I got home and I kind of thought, you know, it was, this, it was actually right before I was doing Greg's show and it oh, was that day. Yes, yes, it was yes. that day. So I was like, why do I, I know was, this? That's yes. why. So I, that whole day that I was like very, very exhausted because I was up pretty much all night with the cat. And I think I sort of like figured out that it was his tooth, but I had to basically wait till Monday. So I was taking a shower um, before doing Greg's show and I was in the shower. I was so tired. You know, when you're just in the shower and you're just stand there and you're just like staring at something for a long period of time. Uh, I was... You know, I was thinking about the episode where they talk about your loved ones are always there and ask for a sign. And my mom definitely lets me know that she's in the house. My cat sees her all the time. I have my lights flicker in the dining room. I've had many, like, mediums tell me that my mom's, like, they've described her. I I know that she's here. But for some reason, I was like, let's just play a game. So I'm like, okay, mom, if you are truly here with me, I need a sign. And I don't need, like a sign like a hummingbird or a butterfly or like a blue car because fuck, there's just so many of those. I need something definite. So I, I, I stood in the shower and I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I got it. My mom loved the TV show MASH. She loved it. I hated it. She watched it every single night making dinner. She would watch it in reruns. She loved the show. Nothing against the show. I just didn't get, I didn't get it back then. And now I can appreciate it, but I was like, oh, whatever. She just loved it. So I'm like, okay, if you're really here, I need a sign that, that has to do with the show MASH. Specifically mash. And I said out loud, and it can't be mashed potatoes. It can't be like doing the monster mash. It can't be like any of that. It has to clearly be the show. It has to say mash. And then I go, it can be Alan Alda, but please don't let him die. I don't want him to like die right. and his name is in the news. But like it can be him. And then I started laughing. I was like, that's so obscure. Like, how is she like seriously right. mash? Like, what am I thinking? Like, how is that even going to happen? So I kind of backtracked a little bit. I was like, or Neil Diamond. Because <laughs> I, I like didn't trust. I didn't trust. I was like, I was like, one of the two. It can be a it can be a Neil Diamond mashup. That would be kind of cool. But I was like, it's gotta be one of the two. But specifically, if you can show me mash, you know, I'll never question it ever. Not that I did, but anyway. I go do Greg's show. So much fun. It's like three hours, you know what I mean? Yes. We were having drinks. It was fun. Afterwards, I go to make dinner. I post a picture before I did that show um, on Instagram where I had a lot of like, you know, highlighter on my brow. Uh, and I posted something like, I hope all the highlighter I'm using covers the fact that I'm exhausted. It just was a very whatever picture. And my right. friend out of the blue just texted me like, well, she, you know, commented on that picture, replied on that story are you okay? And I said, yeah, Jersey was sick last night and I just, I didn't get any sleep. 
And she's like, oh my God, what's going on with him? And I, I explained the situation. I go, I went to True Pet and they turned me away. I was very upset. I thought I was going to die. I just like, you know, vomited out everything. And the message she sent back, are you guys ready for this? She yeah. said back, have you gone to MASH in all caps, M-A-S-H. What? I know. I screen saved it. So you guys can all see it. I, like I get the chills every time I say it. I immediately wrote back, call me right now. Oh my God. So she calls me and she's like, what happened? Is everything okay? And she's definitely somebody that also believes in all of this too. She's very open-minded. So I tell her and she's like, oh my God. I go, why did you say that? First of all, why did you say, have you gone to MASH? And she goes, it's a new animal hospital that just opened up on Santa Monica and Vine. Oh my Mash, God. In all caps. And that I was is... like, so I'm freaking out. And then she goes, you're going to freak out even more. Just in case my mom was like, just in case you don't think that's a sign. Here's another one. She goes, before you texted me, before we were going back and forth, she was watching the history of swear words also on Netflix. I'm giving Netflix a lot of love today. Uh, the history of swear words. She was watching that before we started texting. And guess what? The first television show was to ever have a swear word. Mash. Wow. Wow. Is that not like fucking nuts? That's crazy. Like I, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, got it. Mom, got it. Message received. And then I immediately went into my bedroom where my cat was sleeping and I I started crying and I'm like, grandma says you're going to be just fine. I just had a (laughs) feeling like that was her way of telling. And he is everyone. He just had three teeth removed and he's back to normal. But I mean, it was so bizarre that it brought me to tears and it was such a clear cut sign. So you have to ask your loved ones for something like very specific. So that you know it's not, because yes, you can say, I would love to see a butterfly, but you're going to see a lot of butterflies because there are a lot of butterflies. So yeah, it's got to be something, but you should watch that show, Surviving Death, because I think you'll really love it, but also ask your mom for a sign. Okay, definitely. Um, This is a funny little story. I was with my friend Kristen and her dad had died like two years before my mom. Right. And uh, it's already hilarious. I know. And, uh, but we're sitting outside and talking and all of a sudden she goes, Oh my God, look. And like, uh, I look over my shoulder and like, maybe like a foot from me, there's like a little hummingbird and it's just hovering there. And it's just like, and we're just both looking at it for a really long time. And then Kristen goes, mom, dad, (laughs) (laughs) which one are you? (laughs) Which one are you? Oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. Are you an only um, child? Say that again. I'm no. I have a brother. Oh, okay. I have a brother. So, um, but you are an only child, and you are adopted. Which, by the way, that's one of my favorite jokes of all time. Was your adoption joke that you told, like, in your first stand-up set? It's still my opener. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorites, and <laughs> yes, I mean, it's why wouldn't it be? I would never get rid of that. It's so great. Um, you can tell it right now if you'd like. Okay. Uh, now I can't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you'll know I'm lying because I always, I start off and I say, um, when I told my mom that I was doing stand up, she said, Oh, well, 
I'm sure you'll bring great shame to our family. <laughs> and I said, mom, you've got to stop talking to me like that. Okay. First of all, I am a grown woman. Second of all, you are not Asian. <laughs> I am adopted. You're white. So quit it. <laughs> so inappropriate. So awesome. That's so inappropriate. Yeah. So you were adopted, obviously. Yeah. You've known that your whole life. Um, were you, and this is a personal question, so if you don't want to answer it, tough. You have to answer it anyway. Okay. Were, uh, were you and Greg trying or was it always, were you like, we're going to adopt, you know, when we're ready? Or were you like, let's try and if we don't, we'll adopt or what was that game plan? Um, it was always like, I think we had talked in passing about like, yeah, adoption would be an option, but we were just trying. It was you were just, trying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, really, really, really wanted us to have a baby because I'm adopted. And so, yes, yes. you know, I was like really into seeing what our baby would be like and yeah. stuff. And so then it just like, didn't happen <laughs> over and over again. And then I was like, oh, wow, I've never even been pregnant ever, even by accident. Yeah. So I don't know if I can get pregnant. So after we did three uh, intrauterine inseminations, which oh, is wow. where they- IUI. They, IUI. Yes, yeah, I did they, that. I did seven of those, yeah. Did you really? Yep. Mm-hmm. They'll finish your, yeah, yeah. Go no, ahead. Yeah, so you did IUI. Did you end up doing IVF or no? We tried to do an IVF. I switched doctors. I had all of my endometriosis taken out. I was like fully ready. And then we did, we did the, the stuff for the IVF and he was, and the new doctor was like, huh, you only made two eggs. And I was like, what? Like it was less eggs than I had made, you know, when we were doing IUIs. It's almost exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't end up doing IVF. I ended up, I, so I, after my mom died about, I, I definitely waited about eight months. I, it wasn't until six months that I, my mom died six months after that. I went to a, like a deeper, darker despair. Like I robbed my mom of being a grandparent mm-hmm. and I felt that guilt. And she never, ever, by the way, put that on me. She right. never did. My dad definitely wants a grandchild. He's definitely like constantly like, just fuck someone. He's, I mean, he literally <laughs> is just like enough already. I mean, I've had a joke that I, do, you know, I've done since I was my mid thirties. My dad's been like, stop using protection. Um, so, um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And yes, I went to a doctor and he's like, I don't think you need IVF right now. Your follicles look really good. Let's do IUI. And we did, you know, six, seven rounds, seven rounds total. We did so many rounds. He gave me a couple rounds. I performed at their, their Christmas party, like (laughs) the night I performed their Christmas party the night of a rat, like the night after a round, I got around that sm- that oh morning. My God, that's hilarious. And I, my opening joke was, "Do you know how many people in this room have seen my vagina today?" <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so they were great, Pacific uh, Fertility Center, and they were great. And then I did a military tour. Uh, okay. And I came back and my follicles were different. And he was like, sometimes that happens. Like it was weird. I had missed a period. Every, it was a little bit weird. And then he was like, I think it's time to switch over to IVF. And I had spent now thousands of dollars on yeah. IUI just between, see, I had to buy the sperm too. So I had oh, like God. sperm. Yes. It's so much money. So I was constantly having sperm sent to the clinic and <laughs> the procedure itself. And so you know, to do IVF, for those of you who don't know, it's like 15,000 around, you know, and there's no guarantees. And I, I start, I actually started taking the drugs 
And then I got on America's Got Talent. And I I gained weight from all of the different drugs oh. and stuff that I've been on. And I just thought, maybe this is the reason I don't have a baby right now. I don't want to be bloated. And I didn't, like, I just was like, I'm going to stop the meds. I'm going to put this on pause. I'm going to do AGT, see how that plays out. Right. Maybe that's my destiny. And AGT, you know, happened, played out. And by the, after that, it was either do IVF or do embryo adoption, which I don't know. Did you consider embryo adoption? No. Okay. I, no. Okay. So uh, my doctor was like, you should do embryo adoption, which is just a fully formed embryo already that they implant inside of you. Um, and that was, you know, cheaper than IVF at the time, but I just, it's sort of just, yeah, I just stopped. And then I didn't think about it again until like, until I bought my house and I was like, now, now is, now is the time. But I honestly, and I'm assuming you went through this too, like, I had to like mourn the death of not being able to have my own biological child. Did you feel that way? Yes. And I didn't even know that right. I was, I didn't either. That. So I, I wrote a story about it recently and sort of figured it out in the writing of the story, actually, like <laughs> strangely so many years later, but um, yeah, because I had, what was mixed up in it for me was the fact that I had wanted my own biological child so much because I was adopted. Right. And I thought that, that like, that was kind of embarrassing to me. So when I stopped being able, when I, when I made the decision, like, okay, we're not going to have a child. I thought then if I don't then say, we're going to go on to have adopt, we're going to go on to adoption, that right. that would like, it, people would see through me and they would be like, oh, well, you don't really want a child. Like if I was just like, oh, we can't have a child. So we're done. People would be right. like, what do you mean you don't want a child? Oh, you just wanted to see what your child would look like. You right. just wanted your own, but you don't really want to have a child. You don't really <laughs> want to be a mother. You just wanted to try, you know, so I had all this weirdness going right. on in my head. And even if that's what I had wanted, who cares? Yes. It's my life. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. But I was really like, all crazy about it. And like you said, morning. And when you're in a morning period, like you're not making any sense, but I didn't right. know that that was happening. Right. So right. I just, and I was really busy also at the time doing, working on the guild. So I was just like, okay, well, I guess that's, I was like, that's, this is my destiny. I'm just going to be a producer. I'll just work really hard. It'll just, that'll just be my life. And I don't need a child because clearly I have a lot to do and this will be what I do. Right. And then I was, um, you know, cut to like 2013 after I had quit doing the guild and, um, you know, had been basically unemployed for seven months. And I was at a party with a friend and uh, somebody asked her if she was, she'd just gotten married and they said, are you going to have kids? And she was like, oh, you know, eventually we just want to have time to ourselves. And they were like, are you going to have kids? And I was like, no, I'm good. And I was like, cause I had been saying, um, no, you know, we tried, it didn't work out, whatever. And just the fact that I said, no, I'm good made mm. me go like, I'm not good. Right. <laughs> oh shit. And then I went home to Greg and I was just like, I, I want to adopt. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? But you know, so to his credit, he, uh, I he mean, it's, it, it's, you know, it's such a, Oh God, it's such a complex thing. I went through that phase too, which was like you, where you're telling yourself, I'm okay. And it's like, I thought to myself, maybe I will meet a guy who already has kids and mm -hmm. I'll be a stepmom. Or maybe I'll meet a guy who doesn't have kids, doesn't want kids, or, you know, had kids, is done with kids. But he will say to me, 
I don't want any more kids, but I will be enough. We will live this amazing life. And that would be okay too. Like I, I was there mentally. And then, you know, the longer it went, I was still sort of single. I, I, it was still there. Like I, I've always wanted to be a mom and it's, it's, it hasn't gone away. And it's, I just woke up and I was like, I don't, I don't want to miss this opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, yes, I had, I was still, I still mourn it on some level. Like when I see people posting, you know, that they're pregnant and, you know, their bellies are all, but I, I wanted not only to see what my baby was going to look like, but I, I wanted to experience pregnancy. I wanted that so much to have something growing inside me. There's, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there's something, if you don't do that, you're uh, for me, I was like, I'm not really f- getting the entire experience of being a woman. Mm-hmm. That's just what was going through my head. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that's true. It's just how I felt. And I just, I wanted to have that. I wanted to, there's been so many conversations that I'm, I can't relate to all of my friends talking about their birth stories and breastfeeding and, you know, the baby weight and, you know, everything and, and seeing the, I'll never get to experience that. And, um, it was, you know, it's, it's difficult. And I was just talking to my friend the other day, who's a single mom, her daughter's 10 and, you know, I'm in the adoption process. It's been a little over a year and it's, I'm still like, I, I'm not matched with a birth mom and it's really difficult and I'm single. So I'm already, it's already like, it puts you lower. It's just difficult. And I Mm -hmm. thought, well, maybe I should consider an older child, like foster to adopt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe I'll call my agency up and, and say that. And then I just started crying and I'm like, no, it's not fair that I don't get to experience having a newborn, hearing my baby's first words, seeing my baby crawl, seeing my baby take its first steps. Like that's always been the plan is to be a mom. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. how, but I, it, I feel gypped if you know what I mean. And it's not that I don't, that older kids don't deserve to be adopted. That's not what I'm saying. And, you know, maybe down the line I'll adopt another kid, but I want to experience those firsts. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally a hundred percent know what you mean. And Uh, And also it's harder sometimes, I think, when kids are older. I mean, I think that just biologically, their bonds, you know, really do happen. Of course, 100%. And a lot of the kids, you know, they have like emotional trauma. um, And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not like I don't have enough. You know what I mean? It's But if someone's going to fuck up my kid, it's going to be me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? Like, I'm just. Yeah, it's just a very different life that you choose. It is. And I'm single right now. I mean, tomorrow I might meet the love of my life and we get married and whatever, but you know, having a child with special needs while I, you know, it's, I, I don't know that I can, you know, say that I can do that right now as a person working and you know what I mean? And, and by the way, there's no guarantees that I will have a baby and my baby won't have special needs. I'm not saying that either, but at the end of the day, it's, yeah, I think it is a lot more about, you know, having all of this firsts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Waking up every three hours to feed the baby, you know, just everything that you got to experience with Charlie and yeah, you know, um, yeah. But it's like, how do you feel now that you have Charlie? Do you feel like, is that, you know, is that morning? Is that feeling of having your own biological child? Is that like gone? How does that like? Yes. 
hundred percent because, you know, he, I mean, he's so much our kid. Yeah. <laughs> he really that, is. He really that, looks like you and Greg made him. I know. It's so funny that, that, you know, that's another just like weird, like something's happening in the universe that yeah. has nothing to do with me. Like, I don't know. And, you know, when I sort of gave that part up, cause I really went through this, you know, period and I'm sure you've gone through it too when you, cause you go through these ups and downs where you're just like, it's never going to happen. And then you're like, okay, it's fine. And then you're like, it's never going to happen. So I was just sort of had yeah, to- How long did you guys wait? I mean, I brought this up briefly, but like, how long was your, your process from, did you do, wait, did you join an agency and get a lawyer or did you just get a, cause I don't, I got my lawyer first and then I went with an agency to get my home study and everything done. How long, what was your process? Uh, ours was backwards. We we did an agency and then we got a lawyer in right. to like do all the final stuff. But I mean, ours was long because I dragged it out because my mom's because of my mom's Alzheimer's. So right. like we started in basically I think October of 2013 is when we had our first like meeting at the agency, and right. then in 20. 14, I knew that we were going to go on this trip in the summer. We're going to take uh, like a cruise to Alaska, like his family and my family. And I was like, I'm just going to wait until after that. Right. And then, um, so let's see. So that, so then by like 2015 basically is when we went live. So I, yeah, so it took me a whole year to get it together. So January of 2015 is when we were live. And then we did, we got our call in, September. And it was our first call, our only call. That's so, I mean, that's amazing. Cause it's been, you know, and I know COVID has definitely slowed things up. Although I was convinced there was going to be so many unplanned pregnancies. Oh my, there's <laughs> going to be so many babies. Um, but you know, I, sent my lawyer my packet, you know, and he's, he's in touch with every agency around the country. And I have my agency here in California, but so I really get almost everything from him. And he, are you allowed to say, have you said what your agency is? Oh, it's, um, uh, Vista Del Mar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and he like, I mean, I gave him my packet. I put together my packet, you know, my, my big packet um, <laughs> yes. with all the pictures. He picked the pictures. I sent him 70 pictures. He picked the ones I should do. You know what I mean? And, and I was really careful about the pictures that I picked. And, and, you know, I got my first like birth mom possibility, like email call in, I think January of last year. And by the way, people, you get it and you think, oh my God, here it is. I'm going to send this letter. I'm going to like connect with this birth mom. And then you look at the breakdown of the costs and it's like $45,000. And that's on top of the 10 you've already spent or sometimes more. And I'm like, I remember calling him up and being like, oh my God, um, that's a lot of money that I just thought, like, I I thought I'd be paying the birth mom like X, Y, and Z. And then you, and he's like, oh yeah, you've got their lawyer fees, their agency fees. And then if, if the match falls through, like half of that is for the agency in the other state. And that is gone forever, but they'll still look for you for two years. And I'm like, yeah, but that like 20,000 is just gone. So like I can submit match and she could like, it was, it was, it was jarring, but I was like, okay, I'm in it. Let's do it. And, you know, out of the whole year from January to January, I think I've only submitted like maybe four times and 
I've gotten about maybe like seven. I've only gotten seven like opportunities, possible opportunities. And I've sent my packet in four times. Three, I was like, they just weren't right for me. But um, so like nothing. <laughs> it's a lot like dating. Um, it feels like I'm being judged because I'm single and I'm of a certain age and they don't know me yet. They're not getting, you know, like, I feel like if I can get them on the phone, I can close the deal. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do it. I could do this. So like for you, was it the same way? Did you get like the birth mom possibilities and then you sent the letter in the packet or they just looked at on the site, saw your stuff and then contacted you? Yeah. Ours was the other way around. Like we, the birth moms picked us at the agency that we were with. So we had no contact with birth moms. Birth moms, we would just be sent, like our birth mom was sent like 300 of those packets. Like uh, they sat in a box in her house apparently because she was in high school. And so they just sat in a box in the corner for a really long time. And then her mom, you know, finally kind of went through like the first initial round and, right. you know, like took the 300 down to like probably 50 or something like that. And, uh, you know, so that she didn't have to deal with 300 cause that was a lot. And, um, you know, but the fact that I was adopted and, you know, our birth mom also was adopted. I don't know if I told you that. Oh no. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so she's Asian and she was adopted and her mom is white and, um, yeah, and the, wow. our birth father is white, so he's the same racial mix as me and Grant. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. But so do you um, have you have an open adoption? Yeah, with our birth mom, the yes. birth father signed away his rights. So, right. we yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, see. yes, yeah, I'm like up for open adoption as well, which I think is great because, you know, and I'm sure you obviously know this too. Like, this is, you know, I think ninety percent of of adoptions now are like open adoption, where at, like in the '80s or the 90s, like it was, it was like, like almost none of them were like any contact or you had to wait really until they were 18. It wasn't even an option. And I think it's so much better for the child. You know what I mean? To know that all of this came from love. Like that's always been my, like, I always wanted to have that opportunity to, you know, tell my child, not only did your birth mom love you so much, she wanted you to have a better home, but she also wanted to stay in your life. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like such an amazing thing that, because when you were growing up, I mean, you know, you didn't have that, I'm assuming, right? You didn't yeah, I had no contact. I had no, I have no records. I just, you know, I have records from the foster, from the adoption agency. Right. You know, and from foster care that like have my measurements and, you know, like here's, you know, a report on the baby, but I don't <laughs> have any, you know, I don't have any history. Um, so, and, you know, and it's true, at least it is true for us. And again, I'm sure it's different for kids, you know, who are not, uh, you know, adopted at birth, but because we're so open about it and the way that my mom did it when I was adopted, I, I asked her like, how did, even though, you know, I'm obviously I was Asian and they weren't, I would have figured it out very quickly. At some <laughs> point. But I was like, how did you tell me? And she was like, you know, I just always used adopted as, as another endearment for you. So I would say, you know, my beautiful daughter, sometimes I would say my beautiful adopted daughter. Sometimes I would say my little adopted daughter until finally one day you just said, what does adopted mean? And I told you, and that was it. <laughs> so that's was so like, great. Oh. I think your yeah. mom was definitely ahead of, you know, ahead of the curve as far as like. Yeah, I think so. And so just the fact that she told me that was like, okay, so that's, you know, how we'll do it. And then that's also what they suggest. Yeah, that's what they tell you, you know, start that adoption story, you know, early on. Yeah. Um, so I made him a little book, um, you know, how you can like yes. make so easily now. So he has like his Charlie's family. So it has, you know, like 
just all his relatives. It has me and daddy and his grandma and his aunts and uncles and, Aww. you know, his birth mom and his birth aunt and his birth grandma. Oh, I love you know, that. So, so ever since he was a little baby, it's like a little picture book. So he, we would read him books and then we would show him this. And so, you know, he's, he's always known. And it's cool because that way it really is like, you know, you have a grandma and you have an aunt and you have a birth mom and you have that, you know, and it's not so great. Like, and he just knows that he came out of her tummy and then we adopted him, yep. you know, and you're so, his mommy. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's so, God, it's so hard. It's so hard. I, you know, it, it, I feel like when we're, you know, teenagers, we're scared into thinking that if you sit on a toilet after a guy was in there, you'll get pregnant. Like, I just remember thinking it's so <laughs> easy to get pregnant. Don't go in a hot tub with a guy. You'll get pregnant. Yeah. Turns out it is a miracle. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a freaking, yeah. It's a freaking miracle. And it's like, yeah, it's really, and I've definitely, I've also experienced, you know, I was turned down by, I thought, I thought, I thought it was like my baby because it happened very quickly. I got an email from my lawyer and he said, you know, check your, check your email. I'm sending you something. Uh, it's a great possibility. She's already signed most of the paperwork. They're inducing her on Tuesday. And this was like Thursday. And, you know, it's in Washington state and we don't have her medical records yet, but they're coming in and, you know, her lawyer is, you know, broke down everything. And I was like reading, you know, everything. They didn't have the you know, the medical records yet, but, you know, it sounded great, except it was very expensive. It was actually on the much higher end. It was like around 53,000. I was like, oh my God, I was just kind of like blown away by that. But, um, yeah. but I still was like, I am submitting this. And she, and he said specifically, she's open to gays and singles, knowing that my lawyer, you know, is pu- he pushes, you know what I mean? For certain things. Mm-hmm. So, and my lawyer is phenomenal and Everybody, you know, in the city, you know, that that I've talked to is like, oh, David's amazing. He's such a great lawyer. He's the guy to go to. Um, so I was really excited. I was like, okay, this is really good. And I sent everything in. And then the next day, the agency called me and they were like, we're just checking in about that birth mom in Washington. And I was like, oh my God, did I get like, I thought, oh my God, am I like, is it happening? Am I, am I going to Washington right now? Like this was during yeah. COVID. I was like, am I driving to Washington so that I can be in the delivery room? And they were like, we didn't hear anything yet, but check with David and we'll check with the agency. I was like, yes. So I like text him and he's like, I'm driving right now, but I saw that an email came in. I'm going to, you know, I'll call you back. And I was like, okay, great. 10 minutes later, he texts me probably a very difficult text to to text and says, um, just heard back from her lawyer. The birth mother will not consider anyone with a Jewish background. What? Yes. Oh my yep. God. Yep. Oh. Gays and singles, totally fine. Oh my Jewish, god! Jewish, Jewish, you and your horns, get out of here! Oh my god! You know, obviously, my first reaction as a comic, in just in general, was like, "Will you tell that white trash whore that only someone with a Jewish background could afford that baby?" Um, <laughs> that was my initial text back, and then I just deleted that. I was like. <laughs> Why not write that? Um, so, so instead, I just put "Wow" with all caps, and he was, you know, obviously horrified. And Ugh. he's like, "It happens. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry." He's like, "I'm more disappointed that the lawyer didn't even say that before." And here's the thing: it's like I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I put Jewish background. 
because I'm not hiding anything. And then right. I've had people that are like, take that off your profile. I'm like, why? Why should I, you know what I mean? Like I have a Christmas tree in two of my photos. Like right. I, I celebrate it's I'm what's the problem here? You know what I mean? So it was, yeah. it was very upsetting when that happened. And it, I was like, wow, like what, a, like what else is like, it just was so like, yeah, but you have to have it on there because you don't want to match with somebody like that no. <laughs> and have them in your life. I mean, no, exactly. You know? Right. She would be, this person would be in my life and be like, you're Jewish. I don't know why yeah. I gave her a Southern accent. I'm yeah. sorry, Southerners. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did, but um, <laughs> it just was so, I was so like, I was really shocked. The reaction that you had was exactly the reaction I had. I was like, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's, um, that's insane. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. I think, I think that you, I believe this is what I believe. I okay, believe me, that with the whole spirit thing and yeah. like, I believe you can ask for help from your mom and your, your spirit little angel things that you have. Like yes. I believe we all have them. So I believe that you can ask them for help with our this. spirit guides. Yes. I yeah. believe it too. And I yeah. have asked my mom, uh, many times, uh, Marsha likes to do things on her own time. So I'm so, so happy that you were able to do this and be on here. And I'm just, I'm so happy for you and Greg and Charlie and everything. I'm so happy for you. I just can't wait for you to have a baby because it is the best and you know it. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait either because I'll be calling you a lot and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? Um, <laughs> I'll be freaking out. Um, but I have, thankfully, all my friends have kids. So that's what they're there for. Um, tell, please tell everyone where they can find you. And I will, of course, have that listed in the description as well. Oh, okay. Well, the best place to find me is on Instagram, which is just at Kim Evie. That's Kim, E-V like Victor, E-Y. And on Facebook, I am uh, at Kim Evie Comedy. And I'm also on Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter. Nobody does anymore. No. Um, Please follow her, watch her comedy, stalk her, do all the things you do. Just don't do, just don't be creepy about it. Um, She's amazing. Thank you again for being on here. Thank you, Jody. I loved this. This is so much fun. So much fun. Thank you guys for listening and for watching. If you're watching, I'm Jody Miller, and this is Don't Call Me Ma'am. Don't fucking call me ma'am.